To promote my new flower shop, I had one place print my business cards, another print my brochures, and a third, my signs. Now my roses aren't red, my violets aren't blue, my geraniums look dead, and I don't know what to do. Staples can help your business stand out with signs, banners, and brochures that are a true reflection of your company. And now with Staples, spend $50 or more on print and marketing services and get $5 off your next in-store purchase. Now my business is blossoming and I'm spending less green. Exclusions apply. In-store only. And 623-18. This podcast contains explicit material that may not be suitable for all listeners. For those of you brave enough to stick around, enjoy the show. Oh, here I go. But let your players get near me. Holler if you hear me. Oh, here I go. Welcome to the We Still Booze Podcast, brought to you by WideRightNattyLight.com, your one-stop Iowa State online blog shop. Throw me the bootleg and I'm gone. Then I take a few steps and I keep left and the people take a deep breath and I'm up in your end zone. 816 boys, we reppin' connected with Iowa State. Play out a position and it's checkmate if you hesitate. Welcome Iowa State fans to another edition of the Wide Right Natty Light Podcast. This is Austin with you tonight. Uh, it's been a while here since we've touched base with our resident bracketologist, Shelby Mass from the USA Today. We're going to bring him in here in just a little bit. There have been a ton of upsets, including one of our own, Iowa State knocking off uh, number two Kansas or number three Kansas, depending on the poll at the time, in Allen Fieldhouse. Uh, they bounced back uh, and then lost to the Texas Longhorns here early this week to kind of give one back. So we're going to bring him in here and see what that means for our Cyclones in the in the grand scheme of things when it comes to the NCAA tournament. Shelby, how are we doing tonight? Hanging in there. How about you? I'm doing all right. It's it's kind of crazy the amount of – I mean, it feels like it's March already with the amount of upsets we're seeing and just general great basketball games. We had a four-overtime thriller last night. Like I saw you tweeting about that. So, that was fun. I mean, what, what, how, do, how do you put into words what, what we're seeing so far? Is this, is this something that we, we typically see every year, we just don't realize it once the year's over, or how would you explain it? I, I think you nailed it right there. We see it every year. Maybe it's being magnified a bit more this year. I don't know. But, yeah, in a couple of weeks, we'll forget a little bit about what all has happened because we're looking forward to the tournament so much. Now, Iowa State, the last time we talked to you was on the outside looking in of your bracket, and I think that was fair because they had, uh, you know, recorded a marquee win to that point. Uh, Fast forward a couple weeks, and on Saturday they picked up maybe the most impressive win of anyone in in college basketball this year, going to Lawrence and uh, knocking off the Kansas Jayhawks. What did that win do for them? Do you think that cement, maybe not cemented is the right word, but what did that do to their resume? That improved it vastly. You know, they were coming off two straight losses uh, to, at Vanderbilt, which I've got Vanderbilt pretty close to being in, even though they've got a 12-12 and record. They've played the toughest schedule in the country. Uh, they're a solid team. You saw what they did to Arkansas last night. They were shorthanded, missing their top scorer, and just destroyed Arkansas in Arkansas. Nobody does that hardly. And so Vanderbilt is a team to watch. I, I don't think they're – Good enough yet to be in, but their schedule is somewhat favorable coming down the stretch. So that's not a bad loss for Iowa State. Losing to West Virginia, 
a lot of teams have done that. No shame there. But they, you know, they were kind of a little bit on a downswing, and then to get that win in Kansas, that was huge. I think before that game, I had them in the bracket, but in the play-in game, and that moved them up to an eight seed for me. And then the Texas loss last night, that dropped them, but not as much as Kansas moved them up. I still think they're comfortable right now, but they can't think that they're comfortable because their remaining schedule is not a, a cakewalk. You mentioned how the, the Kansas win was emphasized a little bit more than Texas loss. I've heard some people say that you could almost count that Kansas win almost as two two wins as big as it was. Would that be a fair fair assessment? I think so, especially being on the fact that it was in Kansas and nobody had won there in how many years. So that's that's unbelievably impressive, especially Kansas, the way they've been playing. They just – them and Baylor both had a heck of a game last Wednesday – and it kind of looked like Saturday was like a hangover for both teams. They both lost home games to middle-of-the-pack Big 12 teams, and, yeah, hey, it happens. Looking ahead at the rest of Iowa State's regular season schedule, uh, Ken Pomeroy's site has them projected with a 10-8 and record in the conference. Uh, you can make a case for 9-9 and as well, maybe 11-7. and do any one of those three records, nine and nine, all the way up to eleven and seven, get them safely in the tournament? Well, if they got to eleven and seven, that puts them at let's see, the conference six and five, eleven. So that's only two more losses. So I think that would solidify it. Nine and nine does not knock them out. The games that they have to not lose, they have to win these games. The next one, uh, home against Oklahoma, that's the lowest rated, I believe, RPI team in the Big 12. They'd better win that. Uh, at Texas Tech, I'd like to see a win there. Every one of the other games are against pretty solid teams, RPI-wise, so they wouldn't be considered bad losses, but you'd like to get some good wins, and they would be considered good wins. The home game against Baylor would be a fantastic win. Uh, West Virginia on the road, West Virginia's RPI numbers, they're mid-30s. So they're average RPI for tournament-type teams, but that would still be a great win for them if they could get it. How many teams do you think we'll see from major conferences get in a tournament with sub-500 conference records? It used to be that was kind of a black eye mark on your resume, being below 500 in your own conference, but it seems like the the mid-major bubble teams are – a little thinner than they have been in past years, and there's going to be more of those major conference teams that might finish at an 8-10 and 10 or 7-9, and nine, depending on how many conference games they play. It won't surprise me to see five or six of them, and we're going to have probably 8-10 to 10 teams get in as that large, I think, with double-digit losses. Teams, you know, I mentioned Vanderbilt earlier. They're 12-12 and 12 right now. They could conceivably finish 17-14, and 14 and be in that 8-9 game. So I think we'll see a lot of double-digit losses, and about half of those will have losing conference records. If you had to forecast the future, and I know that we've said in in the past podcast that your brackets are always based on what they've done until this point, based on their RPI, their big wins, et cetera. If you were to try and forecast the Cyclones, where where would you anticipate them them ending up? I think they're going to probably end up somewhere between 7 and 11, 
you know, depending on who they get their wins and losses against. Don't lose to Oklahoma. That's that's a huge one that they cannot afford to lose because that could put them down to where they're right there on the cut line. And you don't want to be in that situation. Uh, the win at Kansas is going to go a long way, but other teams, uh, their results will affect what happens with Iowa State too. Teams from the Southeast Conference, Big East, ACC, you can't just look at the Big 12 and see what they're going to do in the conference. They have to, you know, see, you know, don't play with your blinders on. Um, I, my guess is they're going to end up, out, if I had to guess right now, 8-9 games. And we, we remember back to the days of playing in that 8-9 game and then going up against uh, Kentucky and Anthony Davis in, in that game. So I think most most college basketball fans, they, they'd almost rather tell you they'd want to be a 10 seed than a, in that 8-9 game to avoid those one seeds. But uh, if you think about it, they've, you know, they've come close to, to beating they, – they've beaten a one seed right now probably in Kansas. They've come close to, to beating a one seed in Gonzaga. Uh, another one that's flirting with the one seed is Baylor. They they lost by two at Baylor, so it's certainly not out of the question that in that second round, if they advance, that they'd be able to uh, compete. But you definitely want to get the biggest draw as, as possible. So you would, uh, yeah, you, you see it every, every, just about every other year. You see a one seed going down in the second round to that eight nine. So it it can happen. And how would how would you feel uh, as as a one seed? seeing a nine-seed Iowa State team with five senior starters in the second round? Five senior starters scares me. That, that's, that's one of those formulas that I use when, I, when I'm picking my, my bracket, not, not the bracketology stuff, but when I'm picking the winners trying to win money in the office pool. I look for senior-laden teams because those guys have been there, done it. They know each other better than the, the Kentuckys that are a whole bunch of freshmen that haven't played together as long. I want the senior leadership, especially from a major conference. That's a big plus. I, I can see Iowa State causing some damage. On the TV right now, uh, I'm sure maybe you have it turned on as well, but Oklahoma State's playing Baylor. Oklahoma State is kind of one of the more intriguing teams in the Big 12 here lately. You could make a case that they're the, one of the hottest teams in the country. Uh is what do they have to do for their resume to to get in, and, and where do you have them right now? I know that they started off by going six in Big 12 play, but like I said, they've rattled off several wins in a row. Uh, if they get a big win tonight, uh, that could be improving their resume as well. But where do you have the, the Cowboys right now? Yeah, I've got them on the eight line right now, uh, and, and they are one of the hotter teams. You know, five wins in a row. Uh, they beat Arkansas, who was playing really well at the time, and they whooped Arkansas uh, at Texas Tech. Texas Tech is not a bad team, so to win on the road there, that's a good win. Um, at West Virginia, that was huge. They pretty much controlled that game from the get-go. Uh, but, yeah, if they can beat Baylor tonight, I don't want to say they locked up a spot because there's still games left. and Obviously, you lose them all, then you're back on the bubble. But they've got a real good chance to solidify things. I think it, I've got them at eight right now. They could move up into that six, seven range with a win, or they will move up. Uh, their ceiling probably is a five at best, I think. That's winning everything the rest of the way. I know Iowa State fans were, were happy with the win in Stillwater, but I don't think they, they really realized with Oklahoma State being I think going four at the time how big a win that turned out to be. And if Oklahoma State keeps winning, 
that could be another notch in, in their resume as well. And they play them again Absolutely. at home, so we could we could possibly see, you know, if they could sweep the Cowboys, that'd be a feather in their cap as well. Yeah, you, I agree. you had mentioned that didn't look that big, but it is. You had mentioned the the play-in game uh, earlier, and I I kind of wanted to talk a little bit about this play-in game because there's a couple of the matchups are between at-large teams, and a couple of the matchups are between 16 seed teams. Uh, I, I've heard it both ways as far as all the at-large play in those play-in games. And I've heard it also to let all those 16 seeds compete it out and maybe 15 seeds in those playing games. What's what's your theory on it? Do, do they have it right and have them half at large in those playing games and half 16 seeds, or, or would you like to have it one way or another? All right, well, if you're putting me in charge of changing how the tournament is done, first thing I would do is take it back to 64 teams so you don't have those playing games because you're getting watered down with some of these at-larges that really don't deserve to be in there. But if you're going to keep it 68, make the, the play-in games the last eight at-large teams because those 16-seeded teams, yes, they're from a smaller conference. Chances are they're going to get whooped first round, but they have done what they needed to do to get in the tournament. They earned their way in. They won their conference tournament. The at-large teams were under discussion to get in, and it took a vote to get them in. So make those guys play in Dayton to earn their way in while the little guys let them play on center stage, so to speak, you know, against the bigger team. Again, they're probably going to lose, but, hey, give them a shot. You never know. One of these days, the 16 will be the one, and, you know, I think those guys deserve to, to not be in a play-in situation. When Steve Prohm was introduced as Iowa State's coach, they asked him about the pressure of, of competing in the Big 12, and, he kind of laughed it off and, and talked about the, the real pressure of being in those smaller conference tournaments and how it doesn't matter what, what your season was like. If you don't win that conference tournament, you're not getting in. His last year at Murray State, he went 16-0 and in the conference, lost in the championship game, I, I believe, by two points, and all of a sudden they're on the outside looking in. So I, I, I'm with you. I think I'd rather see those at large teams play in those play-in games for one and make for more – entertaining TV on those Tuesday and Wednesday nights. And, and two, they didn't do everything they needed to to really be in uh, on their own on their own merit. Exactly. Big 12-wise, we, we've talked about Iowa State. we talked about Oklahoma State. Obviously, uh, Kansas, Baylor, West Virginia uh, are pretty well set to, to be in the tournament. Uh, what other teams are you expecting to get in? Uh, what's maybe the maximum amount of teams that you'll see from the Big 12? Uh, maybe the least amount of teams that you'll see get in from the Big 12. Barring uh, a collapse, I think TCU will be in. Uh, Iowa State, Kansas State still got a shot. Uh, that's probably about it. That's their ceiling unless Texas or Oklahoma or Tech uh, win the conference tournament. I don't expect that to happen, but you never know. That's why they play them. Um, I, I think seven is the most, and – Maybe five is probably the least. I think there's somewhere between five and seven, and so it'll probably be six. When you mention the the conference tournament, you'll hear a lot of uh, a lot of average fans kind of talk about, well, you get this certain record and then win one game in the conference tournament, win two games in the conference tournament to improve their resume. How much do those conference tournament games, as close as they are to 
the selection, you know, the selection committee a lot of times is meeting as those games are happening. How much do those weigh in on a team's resume? And it is, is it as simple as a one win no matter who it's against or, or do they have to advance to a certain place? You know, if you're thinking Iowa State, if they go 9-9, nine and nine, they might feel more comfortable with, with one win, but that, that might depend on who they play, no? Yeah, it, it's going to depend on who they play. Uh, in the past few years, it looks like the committee has not put too much stock in the conference tournaments. So if you want to you know, really make a mark on your resume, you probably need to win a couple of games against superior teams, uh, higher-seeded teams. Uh, you, you don't want to get to the finals of the Big 12 tournament beating Texas Tech and Oklahoma this year along the way because those aren't impressive wins. Those are games you should win. Uh, and granted, one of those teams may have beaten a higher-seeded team to get to where they're playing you, but that won't factor in. It factors into who you play. Uh, the same thing goes with a loss. If you get in and you're playing Kansas first round and you lose, well, you're kind of expected to lose that, so that's not really going to be a black mark on you there. Uh, if you were going to be in and you're relying on beating Kansas, chances are you were, you're going to be in anyway. This Saturday, for the first time, I believe it's a Saturday, uh, the committee is expected to release uh, their their top four seed lines or top 16 teams in the in the bracket. Grand scheme of things, this probably means absolutely nothing, but I think they're kind of taking a page out of the college football playoff book and generating some discussion. As a bracketologist, what do you what do you think about this a uh, couple weeks out from the tournament, releasing where they stand at this point? Well, when I heard the announcement, I cringed because, I, I, yeah, I'm curious to see where they're at. But then again, Selection Sunday is like a holiday. That's my Christmas. I want to wait and open my present at 5 o'clock Central Time when CBS starts the show and starts announcing these teams. That's when we know for sure. That being said, they're doing this before most of the games are played on Saturday. So by Saturday night, things will have changed anyway. So I don't think – it really matters too terribly much, but it's it's going to generate discussion, absolutely. What I fear is it's going to turn into like the college football where they have a weekly reveal, uh, and then that might end up putting me out of a job because then nobody will care as much. They'll wait until Saturday and see what the real committee does, and, and you know, there you go, that's all we need. Do you, do you think the committee, if they would do something like that, do you think they would take into account all of those extenuating circumstances? For example, if BYU is a tournament team having to avoid playing on Sundays and things like that, are they just going to flat out list their, their top 16 or their top 68 or, or so on? I think they're just – if they they're, the way they say they're going to do it is they're just going to release the top 16. And to me, that means that's as far as they're going. They're not going to go and do a whole bracket – and look into matchups and, you know, BYU not being able to play on Sunday and, and things like that. That's not going to come into play. They're just doing the 16, and that be that. As a, as a fan of bracketology, I, I kind of hope that they, they stay away from those weekly reports because I, I like uh, seeing what you're doing. I like what all the other bracketologists are doing, and uh, I like seeing the, the differing opinions in that regard. So, uh, you keep up the good work. Well, thank you. I, I, I've got one thing I want to say to Iowa State fans. I, I've got a lot of flack today from some of you guys um, about my bracket today. This is not me ranting. This is me explaining. 
after the <laughs> after Iowa State lost last night, and I went and redid all my bracket this morning, I moved Iowa State to a ten seed. In my bracket, they are not a ten seed; they are a nine seed. But with bracketing rules, you cannot play it. If you've played a team once during the year, you can't play them first round of the tournament. If you've played a team more than once, you can't play them until the third round. So I have Oklahoma State and TCU as eight seeds, and I've got Kansas and Baylor as one seeds, which means every one versus 16 or eight versus nine game has a Big 12 team already. So there can't be another one in there. So I had to move Iowa State down to beat the bracketing rules, and I put Michigan State up. First chance I get to fix that, I will. Iowa State is a nine seed for me, but I just couldn't. The, 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 the rules wouldn't allow it. Well, that's that's so interesting because that was actually a question I I meant to ask you was whether you followed all those bracketing bracketing principles with every bracket that you release every day. And it sounds like you do. I try my best. I miss every once in a while. The one the main thing I miss on is getting some uh, random team playing against a team from another conference that played like in November and I miss it and I have them playing in the first round of the tournament. Somebody will send me an email. I'll, whoops, I'll go fix it. But as far as the conference matchups and stuff like that, I absolutely make sure to check that every day. And that one, I could not make it work because they would have had to, you know, with the big 12, especially they play a double round Robin. So they play everybody twice. So the soonest they could meet somebody would be the third round and for some of those teams, it might not be until the regional final because they'll play each other again in the conference tournament. So you know, they will have played three times. So there's my explanation. I apologize to Iowa State fans. I did not mean to ruffle any feathers. It's just the way it worked out today. For the past two days, it's been that's, TCU in that situation. <laughs> well, as, as Iowa State fans, are, you'll, you'll find out that we're, we're awfully, awfully feisty. So don't, don't take it personal. I, Doug no, Gottlieb, I, I think, tweeted out some the other day of Iowa State being one of the the worst jobs in the in the Big Twelve for coaches, and uh, man, they they let him have it too. So you just gotta you gotta yeah. be careful with us us Iowans. We'll, we're we're pretty loyal to our Cyclones, and if you if you say something negative, why we're gonna tar and feather you a little bit. Yeah, I understand completely. I put that explanation on my website at bracketwag.com, but USA Today didn't pick that up. And that's where I was catching flack was there, and so I felt I needed to explain. And so there, I feel better. I hope I'm not. Well, there you go. That's, that's no, not not at all. That's that's why we bring you on to to explain your process a little bit. I'm, I gotta say, I'm impressed that you follow all those rules. I don't, I don't think fans really realize how many of those principles there are that you've got to follow. <laughs> I know I, I toyed around at one point. Jill Lenardi had done one of those bracketology one-on-one classes or something, and it's just kind of amazing the amount of things that the committee has to take into account uh, as far as, like you said, playing certain things. You know, there's playing in locations. Uh, you know, you've got to have certain certain amount of seeds playing it, you know, a, a different. And now with the pod system, that's, ever, that's added a whole other level uh, level to the confusion there. So, yeah, no, uh, we, thing we appreciate I was going to say, another thing that gets me that I have to go back and check a few times a week, the, the play-in games. Uh, they play Tuesday, Wednesday. Whoever plays Tuesday 
plays Thursday in the real bracket. The winners do. Whoever plays Wednesday plays Friday. So I've got to make sure I put them in a region that plays in a Thursday or a Friday that, make, that matches up with that. And that, uh, that affects – that can be affected by location too as far as, you know, Kansas playing close to home and, and things like that. If they're slated to – they might get sent to a different pod because you can't have, obviously, all the 16s playing on a certain day depending on where those locations are at. So, exactly. uh, hey, one – one last question, you, because we've talked a lot about that play-in game. Do you think those uh, 11 seeds or 12 seeds, whatever, whatever they end up being that are in that play-in game, do you think they're at somewhat of an advantage should they advance past that game and already have a game under their belts and they get, excuse me, to Thursday or Friday? I kind of think so because they get that opening round, the opening round jitters. They get that out of their system already, and so they're, they're primed and ready to go. If I'm a five or six I've, seed, I do, I do not want to play the winner of a playing game. I kind of I've kind of thought the same thing, especially as you know Iowa State started to get tossed around in that play on playing game situation for a while. Uh, it's not the end of the world. You've got to win one additional game to go wherever you want to go, but uh, it gives you a chance. I think I think VCU might have even been in that playing game when they went to the Final Four that year. You've seen teams make runs to the second weekend. Uh, obviously, you want the higher seed, the better, but you definitely want to avoid those playing games. So, well, we we, we appreciate the time, Shelby. Uh, once again, we'll we'll try and touch touch in uh, maybe one more time here before the the real bracket gets revealed after Iowa State's played a couple more games, and hopefully, maybe explain your your process between uh, maybe a five or a six seed or a seven seed, something up there. Hopefully. Ohio State can go on a little bit of a streak here. So enjoy your Point basketball up. tonight. And uh, hey, uh, how how often is your is your USA Today bracket revealed? It's supposed to be done every day. I just found out. I got up early to meet my deadline Sunday morning. So Saturday was a crazy day, and I I'm not as young as I once was, so I can't stay up that late catching every game. I got up at 4 a.m. so I could finish it. And it turns out they weren't running it that day. So, for the next week or so, week or two weekends, they won't be brackets then, but it's supposed to be every every day during the week. But if it's not there, my website, bracketwag.com, is every day no matter what. Unless I'm in the hospital or something. Yeah. <laughs> well, we, we certainly hope that doesn't happen. So, I'll, uh, I'll go ahead and put that site and your, and your Twitter handle and all that good stuff in the show notes. So, us Iowa State fans can find uh, where you have have the Cyclones and send you maybe positive feedback here one of these days if if you move them off that off that ten. Right. So I'm, will, I'm willing we'll, to answer we'll talk questions to you later. whenever. Sounds good. Thanks for having me. Very good. All right. That was Shelby Master. He does the bracket for USA Today. Uh, like I said, you can you can catch his bracket on bracketwag.com. We'll we'll put that in the show notes as well. Uh, as always, thanks for listening. Leave us a review on iTunes. Subscribe, if you will, uh, and, and take care of our boy Shelby Mast. He's taking the time to come on and explain his bracket uh, along with some other bracketing principles. So, till next time, go Cyclones. Oh, 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 O'Reilly. Stop 
by any of the 108 Atlanta-area O'Reilly Auto Parts stores, where you'll find everyday low prices on the parts you need to keep your vehicle at its best. Our guaranteed low prices ensure you're always getting our best deal. In fact, we'll match any auto parts store's price on any like item. O'Reilly Auto Parts. Better parts, better prices every day. Oh, 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 O'Reilly Auto Parts. Hi, it's Jamie, Progressive's Employee of the Month, two months in a row. Leave a message at the... Hi, Jamie. It's me, Jamie. I just had a new idea for our song about the Name Your Price tool. So when it's like, tell us what you want to pay, hey, 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 and the trombone goes, blah, 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 and you say, we'll help you find coverage options to fit your budget. Then we just all do finger snaps while a choir goes, savings coming at ya, savings coming at ya. Yes? No? Maybe? Anyway, see your practice tonight. I got new lyrics for the rap break. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. You've reached the High Fashion Hotline. Hi, my family's heading to the lake this weekend, and we need new outfits to show off our summer buds. Get to Old Navy. Old Navy? Yep, right now get awesome summer styles in red, white, and blue for two, four, six, and eight bucks. Plus, get up to 50% off storewide for the whole family at Old Navy and OldNavy.com. Wow, up to 50% off storewide? That should help us strut our stuff on the shore. Now's your chance to grab $2 flip flops, $4 tanks, $6 tees, and $8 shorts and dresses. Time to cruise over to Old Navy. High Fashion, Old Navy. Valid 620 to 627, select styles only. 